The year 2020 in some ways will mark a milestone in our search for alien life. For the first time since we sent the Viking landers to Mars in 1976, an international cooperative effort between the United States, the EU and Russia will send two rovers to Mars with the express purpose of searching for signs of life. This is a big deal in many ways. We're actually starting the search for life, not just for the conditions for life, not just for the possibility of life, we are searching for life. We haven't done this in decades, and for good reason. You see, actually equipping a lander or rover with the means required to try to detect life is no small thing. Mars landers and rovers are already packed with complex instrumentation, all of which has been specifically designed to fit on a very small vehicle and survive a long journey through space, and there's not a lot of money in NASA's portion of the federal budget. At the height of the Apollo program, NASA's cut of the budget was a measly 4%. Since then, it's shrunk to 0.47%, just over one-tenth of what it once was. And we need to know, as clearly as possible, what we're looking for in order to design the instrumentation intelligently. We don't even know if we should be looking for DNA or some other complex self-replicating polymer. But we know that we have to look for complex organic molecules because we have to start somewhere, and that's what we know best. And we found them on Mars. We know that in theory at least, there may be an access of one million self-replicating polymers that probably could function in a life form, but we don't really know this for sure. What we do know, however, is what conditions we would expect for the possibility of life as we know it. That's the best we can do, and the only reasonable approach to take. And so, over the decades, we've done the groundwork for the search for life on Mars and beyond. There are still the moons of Jupiter and Saturn, at the very least, still to be explored. Venus now is hellish, but it wasn't always that way. Venus several billions of years ago was a different place, as was the entire solar system. We now know much more about Mars's past. We also know a lot more about the conditions under which life on Earth was able to arise survive and actually flourish. And now we want to know if it was ever there on Mars and elsewhere. The galaxy is a huge place and we've barely gotten out of the solar system. These probes were really the first, last and only time that any Mars missions were seriously meant to try to detect life, except for the failed ESA Beagle 2 in 2003. The results were controversial to say the least, but they were a great example of why we have to know as much as we can before we start looking for complicated things, like life on another planet. You might think that we are already smart enough to know this, and in fact some of us are. As it turns out, Martian dirt is also complicated, and 20 years later we're still not exactly sure what we're looking for. There are lots of data tapes from the Viking landers that could be reanalyzed, and in fact have been. There are complex organic molecules on the surface of Mars. We know that because the Curiosity rover found them. There are also naturally occurring chemicals, surprisingly like sterilizing agents, that can destroy life and its structural components. We've also found evidence of metabolism. How is all this possible all at once? Well, it is. So what happens next? In July of 2020, NASA and the European Space Agency, in collaboration with Russia, will launch two roving probes to Mars. These probes will actually look for life, either present or past. This is a huge deal. For one thing, we've finally acknowledged that life may exist elsewhere. 
You have to understand that science is conservative, and this is necessary. It may take years, and it may take decades, but we have to be as sure as possible before we say anything. This is frustrating, yes, but the alternative is being endlessly confusing. But now, we think it's time for this search. So what will Mars 2020 and ExoMars do? Mars 2020 will launch in July 2020, and with luck and careful science, touch down on Mars in February 2021. This will be on the rim of Jezero Crater. This is because various Mars orbital vehicles have detected calcium chloride as deposits on the edge of Jezero. This means that Jezero was an ocean, and the crater rim was once a shoreline. And this in turn means that Jezero has something that led to calcium deposits. On Earth, this is typically the result of metabolism of life forms that collect calcium to produce shells. Mars 2020 will also search for subsurface water. We don't know what it'll find, but we're going to go and take a look. Do you remember the seven minutes of terror that Curiosity required? Well, the Mars 2020 will replicate that. The Mars 2020 is packed with scientific instrumentation. Among other things, it will do lithochemistry analysis of the chemistry of the rocks, scan for organic compounds, and will include a helicopter to scan the surface so we will have a good view of what the Martian surface looks like, so we can steer the rover. ExoMars The ExoMars is a joint project of the ESA and Roscosmos. Although the initial lander crashed, as tends to happen with Mars missions, the trace gas orbiter is functioning and returning data for instance, it has already detected the outgassing of methane. But how does that happen, and where is this stuff coming from? The new ExoMars lander slash rover will return data about the habitability of various Martian environments, and also data on organic material on Mars. This is important, because organic material on Mars is science-speak for biosignature, either past or present. Either way, whether past or present, this will be a huge discovery, but no life will also be a huge discovery. The ExoMars lander is named after Rosalind Franklin. She was a crystallographer in a time when almost no one knew that there was even such a thing as X-ray crystallography. She was the co-discoverer of the structure of DNA, along with James Watson, Francis Crick, and Maurice Wilkins. Watson and Crick became very famous. Franklin went on working quietly alone and unknown and died of cancer in 1983 at the age of 38. These are going to work together and do what at least five rovers couldn't do on their own. There was a recent expedition to test some of the instrumentation in the Australian outback. If you follow these matters, you may have noticed that NASA tend to test their instruments in either the Australian outback or the Atacama Desert of Chile, and occasionally Antarctica. This is because these environments are extreme, and scientists need to know what will happen in these environments. These places can and will kill you if you're not careful. So here is what will happen between July 2020 and February 2021. The Mars 2020 mission will, if all goes well, survive seven months of interplanetary travel, with periodic conversations with Houston and occasional course corrections. This has become fairly routine with interplanetary missions, if anything about these missions can be called routine, but still, anything can happen. After those seven minutes of terror and incredible engineering, Mars 2020 will touch down on Mars on February 18th. ExoMars has had some parachute test problems, but if all goes well, it will also land on Mars using conventional parachutes, 
sometime in mid-February, on Oxyoplanum, just north of the Martian equator. They will then talk to Earth, namely NASA and the ESA, which will then confirm that the landers are healthy and good to go. The main goal of ExoMars is actually to drill about six feet deep, where deposits have been shielded from radiation. There's a bit of concern here, since NASA's inside lander, also with drilling capabilities to investigate how geologically active Mars is, has encountered a string of difficulties due to the nature of the Martian sediment. Mars 2020 will be exploring what is believed to be the site of what was once a huge lake, about 28 miles in diameter. There are extensive deposits of carbonates there, which could be phosphorus. Hopefully with bacterial mats or stromatolites, some of the scientists responsible for both missions have taken field trips to the Dresser Formation in Australia to learn to recognize the types of fossils Mars 2020 and ExoMars could possibly encounter. While no samples can be returned from Mars to Earth in the near future, both rovers have fairly sophisticated instrumentation and capabilities for on-site analysis. No matter where we choose to land, it's always a calculated risk and a lot of hope that chosen sites will have what we hope to see but we do not really know that beforehand. What happens if we find no signs of biosignatures? Well, there's a place on Earth where fossil deposits are extensive and other places that are seemingly completely devoid of fossils. Fossils, whether on Earth or Mars, still require certain conditions in order to form. If we don't find anything, we'll still have learned a great deal and we'll look elsewhere. It will reinforce the necessity of sample return missions that will put Mars samples in highly sophisticated Earth-based laboratories. But what happens if we do find something? Since the rovers are designed to search for microfossils, getting what appear to be positive results will be followed by extremely cautious, carefully worded statements from NASA and the ESA. Again, the next step will be sample return missions. Mars is obviously an entire world unto itself, and we've only barely begun to explore it.